Amen. Let's be this morning to gather around your table and remember your incredible love and celebrate how you've brought us together and how we now are your body, your hands and your feet and how you work in and through us. And we pray, Father, that as we worship you this morning, you would renew us, uplift us, draw us into your presence. We pray for those who are downhearted. We just ask this morning, Lord Jesus, that they would feel your touch and be comforted by your love and be lifted up. We pray, Father, for those who came because you have done great things this week. And we pray, Father, that you just draw them even closer to you. We thank you, Lord, for a chance to praise your name, to worship you. We come to seek your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from 2 Thessalonians. And uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 5. We begin this morning our season of thanksgiving. So it's time to start thinking and preparing. Uh, We started this a number of years ago. We started thinking, you know, we, we talked about how at Christmas we had a number of weeks to prepare. We call that Advent. And then for Easter we take a number of weeks to prepare. We call that Lent. Lent. Ad Lent, <laughs> and then uh, so so we started talking about it. And I I started thinking about it. I thought you know it seems foolish that we just take one Sunday to thank God. So this morning we begin our season of Thanksgiving, and the Apostle Paul frequently in his letters uh, will offer thanks to God. So if you would look with me at Second Thessalonians chapter two or chapter one, verse one, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love for every one of you has, I'm sorry, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing this God's most holy word. We now- God, thank you for a chance to hear the hope that comes with you. And Lord, there are many here who have experienced that hope. We pray for those who are struggling. We just pray that you'd fill them with hope this morning. Uh, Lord, we ask that as we open your word, your word would become alive to us again. We ask, Father, that you would speak to us. We open our hearts and our ears. We take a few moments to hear your voice. I ask, Father, that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy except by your incredible grace. And so, Lord, may we all experience you as your word speaks to our hearts. And we'll give you the praise, for we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We we enter this season of thanksgiving, and... And I always think about Thanksgiving, I don't know about your house, but when we sit down at the table, uh, we, we go around and uh, give God thanks for, each person has to give thanks for something, and uh, 
So, you know, whether it's that the Lions lost again or um, there are a lot of things for which to give thanks, right? And, and we, we spent a lot of time giving thanks. I, I thought this was kind of cute. Uh, this, uh, I don't know, can you read that? Uh, the, the guy gives thanks for family, food, home, heat, electricity. Those, those kind of are good on my scale. My daughter is currently living in a place where there is no electricity. She loves it. I go camping two days is plenty. And I prefer camping. I remember one of our members, I won't mention his name, who, who told me his idea of roughing it was to have to answer the door for room service. I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, but, but there are many things for which we give thanks, right? Uh, and we, we spend time giving thanks to God for things. Uh, but but this, this season of thanksgiving, I hope that we would begin to give thanks to God for each other. I, I hope that we begin to give thanks to God for each other, for, for others of the faith, for others that we know, for, for those who, who are close to us, for those who care for us, for those who support us. We're, we're going to give thanks to God for a number of different uh, people. And so my goal for you and for me is during this season of Thanksgiving, every Sunday, somebody comes to mind as we begin to talk about different types of people and that those people would come to mind and that you would stop and say, thank you, God, for, and fill in the blank. Now, you can do that and keep record of that on your Connect card. There's a place on your Connect card to write in the name. So this morning, your job is to think, as I speak, of the one person for whom you would give thanks. Okay? Because of who they are. You with me? Now, come on, guys. You had a whole extra hour sleep last night. So, so I'm hoping we, we, we get going this morning uh, a little easier. So this morning, I want you to think of someone you know who has great faith. Think of someone you know who has great faith, because we're going to give thanks this morning for people of faith. So think a minute, who do you know that you would say, man, that person really has great faith? And, and remember now, uh, faith is not based on age. Okay? As a matter of fact, some of the people I know with the greatest faith are the youngest of believers, who, who really believe that God can do anything. Oh, to have that childlike faith again, right? We run into things as we get older and we begin to question uh, whether that's possible or whether God could do that. Or we may say God can do that, but, but we don't necessarily expect Him to do that. Kids expect God to answer prayer. Did you know that? It's amazing. They get down on their knees uh, and, and they ask God for something and they get up and they, they're looking around. Because they believe that God is able. And so I hope that you would begin to think about a person of faith. Now remember, uh, Hebrews helps us out, right? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. Now, uh, one of the 
greatest illustrations of that is prayer, right? Because prayer is that moment when you believe that God hears and answers your prayer. Now, you who are older are saying, yeah, but he didn't answer this one or he didn't answer that one. Be careful. God answers prayer. He doesn't always answer it the way we want him to. I remember when I was a kid, I would go to my parents and I would ask them for things. And of course, they gave me everything I wanted. Now, obviously, that's not true. Uh, A good parent will give every once in a while a child something they want because they love their children and they want, want a good parent will want to encourage their children. But a good parent will also say no at times, right? And why does a good parent say no? Well, because if you don't, you have a spoiled child. Now, the kids kids all here this morning are saying, shut up, pastor. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but, but, and there are times when if you get what you want, there is, you miss what's even better. Isn't that true? God sometimes has better things for us. So, so prayer is a great illustration of where faith comes together. So as you try to figure out who it is that you want to give thanks for this morning, uh, I want you to stop and think about what, who is a person of faith. Uh, because we, we sometimes think of people as, of faith as, as being pigeonholed into a certain mold. So I want to just kind of try to open your mind uh, a little bit to who people of faith are. Are. You, you may remember in Hebrews, after he tells us what faith is, he explains a number of people who had faith. And, and I love that list because they're all no good people. I mean, they're great people. But they all made mistakes. Moses, Abraham. You, you go right down the list. They, they all goofed up somewhere. So obviously a person of great faith is not necessarily a person who's perfect. So, so don't cut people out simply because you know they did something that wasn't right. That doesn't mean they don't have great faith. That means they're human like you and I, and they need a Savior like you and I. So, so we want to celebrate this morning people who have faith. Uh, so the first thing I want you to see comes right out of our passage of Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians, the second letter Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. Um, the first thing I want you to see is that people of faith grow in faith. They grow in faith. You're looking for someone who doesn't just have faith and walk away. It's not just a system of belief. I know Our world says, oh, that person has faith because they have a certain system of belief. And so, therefore, they must have faith. So you could be a person of faith and be a, a, a part of Islam because you have a system of faith. Or, or you could be a person of faith because you're a Buddhist and, and because you follow Buddhism, a system of belief, uh, then you become, they say, a person of faith. I want to suggest to you that a person of faith is much deeper than a person who simply has a belief system. A person of faith is a person who lives out their faith watching the Almighty God through Jesus Christ do incredible things and believing that all those things are possible. They are growing in faith. They aren't just here believing. They're actually putting that belief into practice. 
So they're stepping out in faith. They're, they're not just sitting in the pew singing, uh, I believe uh, that all things are possible. They're stepping out of the pew and they're beginning to work in God's kingdom, watching God do incredible things. We see God do incredible things all the time here, by the way. If you're new to us, I, I just want to encourage you. God, we, we continually see God do incredible things. And not always what we want, uh, but things that really make a difference in this world. Many of you missed Christy Engel uh, this last uh, Thursday night. Um, Christy Engel is one of our missionaries making a difference in the world. She's now, a, I love this term, a global consultant on health. Okay, And what that means is she goes into different countries around the world and assesses their health care needs so that as missionaries we can better uh, meet those needs. And, and so when she assesses their needs, she steps out and she says to international ministries, hey, these are the needs in that community. And so they call the missionaries in that community and they talk about how can we meet those needs. So it's not just a matter of, well, here, we have this health care system. We're going to dump it on you. It's a matter of what is your health care system? What's it look like? And how can we become a part of it? It's stepping out in faith. Christy did a, a great thing about feeling comfortable, and I'm not going to do it with you, but I want you to think about, are you too comfortable? If you are, then you're probably not growing in faith. Step out, listen to God, and allow Him to lead you in new places. James says this, uh, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. And James says, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. A person of faith is a person who's growing in faith. Now, uh, I want to mention just just a minute... uh, when Paul goes to Thessalonians, okay, he, he goes there. He's there for three weeks. The, the book of Acts tells us he's there for three Sabbaths. He preaches on three Sabbaths. So basically, he's there for three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, uh, the town gets so upset uh, because he's preaching against, in a sense, he's preaching about Christ, and they're all upset because their gods are being ignored, and people are walking away from their gods and putting their trust in Jesus Christ. And so the town gets upset, and, and they, he, poor, poor Jason, uh, Jason was where Paul and, and Silas and the crew were, were staying, and uh, so that Paul and Silas weren't there, weren't there when they go to Jason's house. <laughs> so they grab Jason and they're going to beat Jason to a bloody pulp because he had these guys staying at his house. And Paul was there all of three weeks. And at the end of the three weeks, they grab Jason and they're going to beat him up. So Paul and Silas leave so that Jason doesn't have to face that. Three weeks. And Paul placed or offered faith to people for three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, he walked away. He had to leave. Can you imagine? I mean, so you talk to someone about the love of Jesus and how Jesus can transform their life, and they say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, and two weeks later, you're out the door, and you can't connect with them. What would be your fear? I can tell you what my fear would be. Uh, because I've, I've talked to people about Christ, and I know that after about a month, 
uh, Satan comes knocking on the door saying, you don't believe that stuff. And so Paul is concerned, and he, he, he writes the church in, Thessalonica, in Thessalonica, and, and he hears that there has been some faith, and so he's excited, and he tries to say some things he couldn't say in three weeks. Um, and then he sends his buddy uh, to Thessalonica. He can't take it anymore. Are they okay? What's going on there? And, they, and his buddy gets there, and he, he finds out that faith is actually growing in Thessalonica. The people there believe in Jesus Christ, and they believe so strongly that even though they're being persecuted, they are being faithful to Jesus. So he comes back, and he says, Paul, you wouldn't believe what God is doing. It's incredible. Paul says, i got to write a letter. He writes th- second, what we call Second Thessalonians. And he says, I can't believe your faith is growing. And I'm so excited. And I can't wait to see you again. Now, why is that important? Because often people look at others and they see them doing things and acting in certain ways and you think, oh, those are people of faith. But you want to be careful. Because some people get caught up in the moment and they do the faith thing. But they're like a, a, a stream. And, uh, you know, when I, when I go hunting, I've crossed a number of streams. And, and of course, if, it dry, if there's not much rain, those streams will dry up. And even when you cross them, when they're flowing, even at their greatest, frequently it's easy to get across. There are stones and you just hop across. And some people have that type of faith. You know, they get involved, they get active for a little while, and then something happens in their life, and uh, they kind of fall away. And then they get excited again about something else. And they're like this mountain stream, no water comes down. But, but that stream doesn't change much of anything. People of faith, people who have growing faith, are, are people who are the, the deep rivers Deep rivers have current that pull you. And actually, deep rivers have current that move things. And have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon. How, how was the Grand Canyon formed? By a river that moved, oh, mountains maybe? What was it Jesus said? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. People of great faith are people who are a deep river, who flow with faith, and as they flow with faith, things begin to change. And it's not always this razzle-dazzle. It's not always this big... uh, 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 fireworks display frequently it's that underneath strong current of faith that holds on no matter what do you know who i'm talking about think about people you know who no matter what the difficulty they just keep moving right on because they know that they believe in a god who loves them cares for them and is going to get them all the way through to the end they just keep moving on And things begin to move around them. And you say, well, why? Why does God answer their prayers and not mine? That's not the point. 
God answers their prayer simply because they're moving with the Spirit of God. And sometimes I think our prayers aren't answered because we're not asking what God is looking for us to be a part of. We're asking what we want instead of saying, okay, God, where are you at? So we can move through this process together. So we can move towards the kingdom. A deep faith moves things. Deep rivers move things, don't they? You with me? Person of faith. Who are you thinking of? Who's in your mind? People of faith also are growing in love. The Apostle Paul says this, And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Isn't that true? People of faith know that, first of all, they know they are loved. Why do they know they are loved? Because they know that Jesus loves them, and that never changes. And the truth of the matter is, if you believe in Jesus Christ, He died on the cross for your sin, and that never changes. He proved His love for you once and for all. Scripture says, greater love has no one than this, but to lay down their life for another. That's the greatest love you can have. That's the kind of love Jesus has for you. Now, now that, that never changes. You say, well, yeah, but pastor, I've had some things happen to me that would make me question whether God really loves me. Don't question whether God loves you. The fact is he loves you very much. Your circumstances have changed, but he hasn't forgotten you, nor has he given up on you. He's pursuing you with his love. He still loves you very much. That hasn't changed. You say, well, pastor, I've done some things that aren't right. That's okay. He still loves you. That doesn't change. And what he's calling you to do is to open your heart and love him and begin to love others. And as you do that, as a person of faith who believes that they are loved by God, all of a sudden, God's love for you compels you to love other people. You notice I didn't say that you have to love other people for God to love you. That's not how it works. That's how it works in almost every other religion. It's not how it works in Christianity. God loved you. The Scripture says He loved you and showed His love for you by sending His Son to die on the cross for you. Period. It doesn't say, and if you would love uh, someone else, He'll love you. It doesn't say that. It says, if you are a human being, He loves you. Period. And if you would accept that love in your life, it will begin to transform you. And you will begin to love others because you know you're loved. We live in a world that has little love in it. Our world doesn't understand what love is. They have this dippy idea of love. That somehow uh, love is, is this little thing that that comes along. Paul prays that your love would increase more and more and more. And if you're a person of deep faith, what's amazing is you begin to see the love of God increase in your life. And you want to love others. You want to help others. I don't know about you, but just recently, my heart's really been broken for these refugees from Syria. Have you watched any of this stuff? We have a missionary named Larry Stanton who is in Hungary uh, at the moment, and uh, he's been ministering to the people in Hungary. But as he was doing this, he began to hear about these refugees who are on the border and uh, now in, in refugee camps. And he said, "I got to do something. I got to do something." 
And so he began to talk to international ministries, and they said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll give you one week a month, one week a month to do something. So what he did was he, one week a month, he goes down to the Serbian border, and he spends a week in the refugee camp handing out food, helping people, encouraging people, praying for people. And you know what's really exciting for him? He said, you know, when they were in Syria, we couldn't tell them about Jesus because the, the Muslim uh, people in Syria wouldn't let us in. The government wouldn't let us in. And now they're on the Serbian border, and we just tell them about Jesus all the time. And we pray for them, and we help them, we encourage them. It makes a difference. You see... The other thing about this type of love is it's a love that is willing to confront. And I want to be very careful about this because I've had people confront me in love um, where there wasn't much love to be had from my perspective. You see, they've come up to me and they've told me where I've been wrong. Sometimes they're right. uh, Once, I think. Sometimes they're right. But it's really not done in love. So I want you to be careful. But this person of faith, a person of faith is a person who comes to you with love and encourages you to do your best and to do what is right. Challenges you. Challenges you. so that you can be all that you... That's what love really is about, isn't it? If you love someone, you encourage them to be the very best they can be. <laughs> I, I am reminded of the pastor who led me to Jesus. And uh, I, I saw him a, a number of years ago for an anniversary of the church that I grew up in. And... Uh, I'll never forget looking at him again. And this, is, this guy to me is almost scary because uh, he looks at you and he can see. I mean, you swear he's seeing everything about you. And it would be incredibly scary if it weren't for the fact that y- you know that he loves you very much. And his desire for you is the best that you can be. That's what it's like when you come to Jesus, you know. Because he loves you that much. Finally, uh, we're way over time. I just noticed. Uh, I, I was a little confused. It says 10:37, so I thought, well, the clock doesn't work. We'll go. Uh, but but I do want to say this. This is very important. Uh, people of faith are people who persevere in trial. Uh, met a young lady this week who um, who I asked. I, I ask this frequently, so be ready. I asked her. I said, so where do you worship? And she said, well, I stopped worshiping anywhere for quite a while now. And I said, why is that? Why, why did you quit worshiping? And she said, well, I'm struggling in my faith right now. And I said, I'll pray for you, but I want you to know something, that struggling in your faith is okay. She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, when the storms come, what that really does is it helps us to see if we truly have faith or not, doesn't it? And if we do have faith, it begins to refine that faith. 
people of faith persevere in trial. Think about people you know who have great faith. The reason you know they have great faith is because you watched them go through a difficult time in their lives, and they stayed faithful to Jesus Christ despite it. They may have asked questions. They may have struggled in their faith. They may have said, what is God doing? I don't get it. But in the end, they said, I may not understand, but I put my trust in Jesus Christ. And they kept going. And the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, I'm so excited about you. I'm bragging about you to other churches because despite the persecution, despite being thrown in jail, despite being beaten, despite being persecuted, you have remained faithful to Jesus Christ. You see, they believe so strongly that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that they followed him no matter where it led. And sometimes it led into very difficult situations. And sometimes it led through the most difficult circumstances of life. And despite that, they remained faithful. And their faith was revealed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, hear me very clearly. When life goes south on you, that doesn't mean God has left you. Somehow our theology has gotten all goofed up and we've said, well, you know, if, God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, everything will be good and life will be good. That's not true. The truth of the matter is, even for believers, life goes south. The difference between a believer and a non-believer is for a believer, when life goes south, you have a Savior who walks with you through the persecutions and gives you strength to go on so that every morning you can get up and say, I'm going to keep going because I know Jesus loves me and I'm going to keep serving him no matter what the price, no matter what the cost. And the good news is, in the end, Jesus has glory for you as a follower of Jesus Christ. He has promised it. He has guaranteed it. He has died to make sure it happened for you and for me. And people of faith keep going. They just keep going. When Jesus reaches out his hand, they hang on for all they're worth. They're sinking in the waters of this world, and he reaches out and they grab his hand. And sometimes they wonder if they're going to make it through, but they hang on. They hold on to that rock. And Jesus, who is always faithful, will get them through. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says in our Scripture this morning, all this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, listen very carefully, as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. And that's our hope. And that's our hope. So this morning, as you begin to think about people of faith, I want you to think of Jesus, because Jesus, of course, was the greatest example of faith. Right? He was constantly doing God's work. And because of that, he continually showed faith in greater and greater, greater ways. Isn't that true? Are you a person of faith? Jesus, who as day in and day out began to love, and his love seemed to get greater every time, and he loved people no one else wanted to love. He loved the prostitutes. He loved the lepers. And best of all, he loved the sinners. He loved you and me. 
And Jesus kept going, despite the fact he knew that he would suffer and die, he kept going. And listen, he even said, Lord, if there's any other way, but Jesus said, I'm going to do it your way, and he did it God's way, and he suffered and he died for you and for me. And, and the greatest gift he offers us this morning is the gift of faith, where you can be forgiven, where you can be victorious in this world. And that comes because of His sacrifice for you and for me. And all it takes to start that process is to believe He died for you and say, I'm going to put my trust in Him. And then you could be like the person you've been thinking of all morning for whom you're going to offer thanks to God this week. So, okay, you got your Connect card. Uh, write it down. If you want to write it down somewhere else, uh, please put your Connect card in the offering plate. If you don't want to share who that is with me, that's fine. Write it on your hand. Write it somewhere so that this week you can every day give thanks to God. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for people of faith who show us uh, courage in the midst of trial and tribulation who show us love when we have been unlovely, who show us actions that go with what they believe. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, we lift up to you those this morning who have never said yes to you. We pray, Father, right now they'd say yes, that they would experience the strength to survive this life and even be victorious with you. We pray this morning, Lord Jesus, for those who came who are facing the persecution and the trial right now. We just pray, Father, you'd strengthen them. Uh, surround them with your spirit. Fill them with faith. Draw them close to you. Surround them with believers. Uh, help them, Lord Jesus, to see that, that you've gotten others through. You'll get them through. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for that hope and, and that assurance in you. We pray, Father, for those this morning who came um, who, who are just filled with faith. We pray, Father, that you deepen it even now. Come, Lord Jesus, as we give thanks to you, for you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses. Thank you for their love and their faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I look up to the hills. <laughs>